0: Our first guest tonight is Fiona Robertson. Fiona is both a writer and a doctor. Her stories have been published in Australia and the UK and have been shortlisted for several international competitions. She was a finalist for the Ritual Prize in 2018 and won the Glendower Award for an emerging Queensland writer in the 2020 Queensland Literary Awards her short story collection if you're happy was published in february this year and has since been shortlisted for the steel rudd award for, at the 2022 queensland literary awards fiona lives in her brisbane sorry, lives in brisbane with her husband children and as she says a very good dog called tilly please welcome fiona to millennium
1: Thank you, Stephen, and thank you everyone for having me in beautiful Mulaney.
0: Most welcome. Now, Fiona, I hope you'll excuse me if I start by a statement of amazement. Um, This is a very accomplished collection of short stories. The judges for the Steel Rudd Award uh, described them as being these often subtle and understated stories that bring the reader effortlessly into scenarios that are adeptly drawn and skillfully evoked. But, and here's the amazement, at the same time as writing them, you presumably practiced as a surgical assistant. You, were, you gave up being a GP and became a surgical assistant and were a mother and had a dog called Tilly. Um, how, do you, how, how did you do that?
1: Uh, well, the dog takes a lot of time, so... <laughs> um, I Well, I'm not superwoman by any means. I only work three days a week. Um, I... I don't know how people practice full-time and write. So for me, that, I was fortunate enough to be able to practice part-time and that's how I fit it in, I guess. Yeah.
0: So you just kind of come home after a, a hard day in the surgery and just knock off a, a short story. They are quite short, oh. these short stories. Yes, so. they are.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I don't tend to write on the days when I'm working. So I, if I have a morning off or a day off, then that's when I write.
0: Yeah. And did, so is, was your venture into medicine a kind of a, a cul-de-sac? You actually always wanted to be a writer, or, or what's happened here? How uh, did this happen?
1: It's like a lot of people. I think you have a childhood dream, and then you decide that that's not practical. So so which
0: was the dream, the writer or the doctor?
1: Oh, I wanted to be a writer as soon as I could read. So, But, you know, then you go to school, and you you know, try and do something that will actually earn you an income, I guess, and yeah. Your, your
0: parents tell you you can't be a writer. You can do that as a spare, as a in your spare time. That's what my father told me. He yes. said, you know, that's not, that's not a career.
1: Well, my dad, he's not here so I can talk about him, uh, he told me I needed to stop reading so many fairy stories, and when I was... Four, for Christmas he gave me a doctor's kit <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think I was being steered in that direction yeah Yeah.
0: but it was always your it was always your passion to, to write yeah
1: it was until I let it go you know because you get into high school and you're trying to get good grades and then you go to uni and you're trying to pass so it definitely was something that got abandoned for a long time and then when I was a about. When my kids were little, <clears throat> so I was in my 30s, I started writing a blog, which many of you will know, is an online sort of diary, and uh, I did that for about five years. It was anonymous, and I was writing about work, you know, de-identified things that happened at work, or my kids, or the dog, a different dog, and... <laughs> um, so I did that for about five years, and then just after I turned 40, I thought I really want to actually write something, I want to write a story. So I went to my first workshop, and that's when it all started.
0: And, and when you were writing the blog, was that something... I mean, I, I had a blog for a while. Oh, but, but you you? Know, but, but, but over a period of about 10, 12 years, I think I got 50 posts up eventually. Yeah. Right? So, so it wasn't exactly like I was doing it every day.
1: Yeah, um, oh, I didn't do it every day. I think I just did it when something, you know, made me laugh or made me cry or just inspired me to write something. So that was a good way of, I guess, flexing those writing muscles which had become very stiff, you know, with all the years of disuse.
0: Yeah, and also with university writing, which is not very, very, sympathi- not very sympathetic yeah. towards the idea of fiction particularly. Yeah?
1: right, yes.
0: So look, writers often get asked where they get their inspiration for stories, which is a question mm-hmm. that, personally, I hate, really, but... <laughs> but uh, but
1: you're gonna ask me, aren't you?
0: Well, I am, uh, but, but specifically because, um, I mean, I, I haven't actually counted how many stories are in this collection, 25, is it, or something? 24. 24, okay. Close. So. <laughs> They're all really quite short, but they're also incredibly diverse. I mean, there's one with a woman um, in Bendigo who has a, a sinkhole appear in her backyard. <laughs> and then there's another one in the Midwest of America with a tornado happening. And then there's another one of, I mean, they, they're, uh, they, they're geographically and socially very, very removed from each other. So it kind of makes me think, so where is all this coming from? What, what, how, how, do, how do you get to these stories?
1: Um, It depends on the story, obviously, but I think I'm just quite a curious person and I find people very interesting. So, for example, there's one in there about a a fundamental Latter-day Saints community and a second wife when the husband is going to take a third wife, written from the point of view of the second wife. And that came because I was watching Netflix. (laughs) And there's a documentary on there, I think it's called two wives, one husband, or three wives, one husband. And I was just fascinated, um, yeah, just to find out about their way of life. And then I just did a whole bunch of research and watched more and more interviews. And, yeah, so that I guess just something, you know, sparks your curiosity.
0: In fact, the second wife in that story is, is she's very sympathetic to the idea of having a third wife, isn't she? Yes,
1: yeah, so that's the thing that I, you know, when you... When you're curious about something, you know, I had a set idea in my head of what it might be like to be a second wife with a third wife on the way. And, um, yeah, you learn, don't you, when you research and, and you start to think a little differently about things.
0: Yeah. Look, now might be a really good time to give the audience a little reading.
1: Sure, mind? sure. I'm just going to read part of a story called Snowfall, which is set in Vancouver in Canada. I was born in Canada, so I have been to Vancouver several times. Uh, And so it's about Carl, who's a widower, and he's just been to the home of his daughter, Bridget, and his son-in-law, Walter, and his teenage grandkids. They've had their regular Sunday night dinner, and it can be a little bit awkward at times, and he's gone to his car, but the car won't start, so he's returned to the house and no one's heard him knocking, so he's let himself in through the unlocked front door. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are so smart. (laughs) (laughs) He hurried into the balmy foyer where the smell of beef stroganoff lingered. Walter was playing music in the kitchen, a beige, bland melody, something a dentist might play in their waiting room. Karl had tried giving him better CDs, Tchaikovsky, Wagner, Shostakovich, but though Walter thanked him, he kept playing the same old scheisser. Hello! Carl slipped his gloves into his pockets and bent to remove his shoes. A pot clanged into the sink and water blasted from a tap. God, I'm exhausted. It was Bridget, speaking loudly over the clatter. No wonder she was weary, his poor girl, being married to Walter. It drives me crazy, Bridget half-shouted. Carl straightened slowly. The warmth was returning to his fingers and ears. Bridget said something else her words muffled by the rattle of cutlery. He's all right, you just have to listen, that's all he wants. Walter was such a dull man, a man who baked cakes and spoke in cliches. But that's the problem, that's all you can do with Dad. He sure as hell won't listen, he just wants to talk, talk, talk. He'd never heard his daughter like this. Forceful vicious almost. He's not interested in anyone else. Think about it, Walt. When did he at last ask you anything? There was only music from the kitchen. Carl pictured his son-in-law shrugging his shoulders. Exactly. You can't remember. Carl was breathing faster, leaning against the wall. He had one shoe back on and he pressed his right foot into the other, always harder because of the bunion on that side. The heat in the house was ridiculous. He was sweating like a Swede in a sauna. Well, if you... then why... every Sunday night? Only fragments came through as Walter moved about the kitchen. Carl twisted his foot feverishly against the leather. The shoe was so tight a muscle twinged in his lower back. Because he's lonely, because since Mom died, he's like a lost boy. Bridget's tone was less strident, more like the daughter he knew, or thought he knew. And anyway, I have to, he's my dad. Carl shoved his foot violently into place and left the house without tying his laces, closing the door behind him.
0: So look, if there was ever a better example of what I was trying to talk about, or what the Steel Rudd judges said, is that that, that example is just fantastic because it just the way you drop into the story so immediately without any need for any any expl- explication at all. It's just remarkable. Well done. Thank fantastic. you. Um, so, um, do you where did where did you what you're doing in terms of writing the short stories is quite. Unique, I mean, it's quite a stylized way of doing it. Do you, did you, have, do you have some exemplars? Are there people that you have uh, tried to emulate in some ways? Like people like Lydia Davis, who are also very um, adept at the short story? What, 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 who are your. Oh,
1: I, I like so many writers. I like people that. I like writers that have quite clean prose and not so ornate. So people like Kate Kennedy. Tony Birch, I love Raymond Carver. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that those Lydia Davis is amazing as well. So yeah, lots of different writers.
0: Yeah, I mean, because uh, I wondered about also uh, Henry, you know, the the older sort of earlier earlier twentieth century writers.
1: I have read one or two, but not many.
0: Because yeah. he was kind of taken as the kind of one of the first really major people to to. Um, Produce that art form, or to get it out there in a way. But he yeah. always always end with a kind of sting in the tail of them, which <laughs> you don't. You don't do. You're kind of more Catherine Mansfield than than a Henry out of
1: them. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, does being does being a, a doctor do you think help you as a writer?
1: I didn't think about this before I had the book come out, but then at a few. Um, events that I've done I've been asked that question I've had to think about it and I I actually think it does now I think being a GP for 17 years hospital for two years GP for 17 years and just talking to so many people from all different walks of life it does um, all their stories stay with you and it opens your eyes to being a different type of person than what you are, I guess.
0: Having to be, sort of, express empathy like that each day to a whole lot of people, you mean?
1: Um, I mean, obviously, you would always try and express empathy, but I guess really hearing what they're saying about what it's like to be them is an education. And then the other thing that happened as a GP was people, I would have people seeing me, perhaps the husband and the wife, and, and so i might hear ning 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 you know he drives me crazy blah 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 he's terrible he's awful and so you're empathizing and listening and then the husband might come in and go she is so rigid you know she's so <laughs> controlling and so you're hearing the two sides of the one situation which i think um, that fascinates me and yeah so that's probably come out a bit in the, in the stories.
0: So, yeah. where to now? What, what's where, where do you go from here after being so successful? And look, we wish you lots of luck, by Thank the way, you. in September, uh, September the 8th, when the awards are announced? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So where, where do you go to here with your writing career?
1: I don't know, I don't have a plan, but I would like to write a novel, mainly just because I don't know how to do it, and like to accept a challenge i guess
0: yeah well yeah. If, if i can tell you something that might make you feel better nobody knows how to do it <laughs> particularly, <laughs> particularly novelists you know every novel is a is a is a completely new page
1: yeah, yeah. okay thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen fiona thank you so much for coming to millennia please you put so your much. hands together for fiona robertson thank,
1: thanks steve